Hello, and welcome to The Kink Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On today's episode, I'm blessed to have with me on doing this interview episode on lactation with somebody who reached out to me over the last couple of weeks on this very subject that was turns out to be quite fascinating and really impacts a lot of people's lives. When Brooke reached out to me, I really had not a very large understanding of the world of lactation as far as uh, the fetish that is involved with it, um, so its proper name being lactophilia, and kind of rolling through there. Through my conversations with Brooke, who is kind enough to join me on the show today, uh, I've gotten a chance to learn more from a psychological side, but today uh, that I get a chance to sit with Brooke here, I'm gonna, we're going to get to hear more about the intimate side, the emotional connection that it brings, um, how she got involved, the conversations surrounding that. So without further ado, thank you, Brooke, for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for um, putting such amazing content out into our little kink universe. Uh, it's appreciated. Well, thank you. You know, I think it's really important that we start to get an idea of the things that, you know, connect to us and, and mm-hmm. all, all, all of us, how we are in this big fetish universe and then the little kink worlds that really kind of entice us and so on and so forth. Um, you know, when you first approached me with this topic, it was quite interesting. I, I've heard of, you know, obviously like adult nursing relationships where people breastfeed. How, how did you get first involved with the whole lactation fetish? Hmm. Um, so there are a lot of kinks that sort of sit on my periphery, I guess. Um, and it just sort of takes the right person to come into your life for you to have the opportunity to explore that um, or give it any real traction. So I um, I first spoke to my dominant, must be coming up on a year and a half ago now. Right. And he was very forthcoming about that being his main uh, fetish. And so we just talked a little about that and maintained a friendship at the time, um, I was quite intrigued That's- to know what what his what, what the draw card was for him. Right. Um, and eventually, as that friendship turned into a play dynamic and then a power exchange dynamic, um, lactation became a big part of that. And uh, I've just found my own my own intrigue and join it along the way, really. Right. Mm. How did, see, you know, you're having this conversation over a period of time. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did it first begin for you? Obviously, you know, great. I'm into this. I've got an interest in this kink. You've got an interest in this kink. Great. So we're both interested. How, what, what becomes the next foray into it for you? Was it more of the mental dynamic of preparing yourself to start, I mean, do you have children already? I do have I do have children. Okay, uh, which increased my chances of being able to relactate. Okay, which was helpful. Um, for me, everything definitely spans from a mental side. 
so for me to be involved in something that I consider to be um, a fairly deep act of submission, it's not something for the faint-hearted to go through this process. So that required me finding someone that I have a great deal of respect and trust for. Um, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about being risk-aware in kink in physical terms, but I think that what can be even more important than that is being psychologically and emotionally safe. So lactation at its core is uh, body modification. Right. Um, that's a big deal. Um, so, you know, people who are, are going into this casually, I think, will come up against a lot of uh, roadblocks because it does require, um, you know, two people being equally invested, the logistics of privacy when you're involving your work and your home life. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's only possible in, in a, a bonded experience where you have someone to support you and celebrate those um, milestones along your lactation journey, if that makes sense. No, so it mental, mental for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that does make a lot of sense. And, and you're right, we don't, we really talk about, you know, as much as we can be, you know, people often throw the word safety around. And, you know, I've talked about this all the time. Safety is only a word that you can hold between, you can't even hold that between your hands. So we, you know, we try to be as risk aware and, and calculate all the risks, you know, even medically or, or physically what we're going to do, but we don't often think about the emotional impact or the cognitive impact it's going to have on somebody when we're asking them to do anything, you know, especially if they've never been impacted before or, you know, slavery is a new concept. Um, yeah. I was reading something recently where someone was discussing um, orgasm control mm -hmm. and you know how that can have psychological ramifications. Um, you know, if a dynamic or a relationship ends, and I think all these things need to be taken into account to make you know to weigh up when you're making those big decisions. And lactation is one of those things because it doesn't just you can't just uh, turn it off overnight once you've begun. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, so the, interesting enough, for, you know, I guess for a little bit of uh, context, how did you or how do you go about that, starting that? Mm. <clears throat> I uh, put a lot of research in online. Um, the protocols of the Goldfarb method for inducing lactation are what um, seem to produce the best results. I really liked the idea because it was a bit of a long game. So it's something that promises, you know, more milk for the time that's invested. And in a, in a current climate of sort of instant gratification, it didn't bother me to take things slowly uh, if I knew that there was going to be a better outcome at the end. So um, while I won't, I can't speak on you know medic medications as that's outside of the scope of my sort of practice to give advice on that. But there's a lot of information available on the internet. I began with taking hormones for six months, 
and uh, we just incorporated a lot of um, breath stimulation and play into our um, experiences and then um, at the end of those six months began the phase for me to use hospital grade breast pumps to sort of boost my supply and uh, that's where we're at at the moment just enjoying the enjoying the ongoing <laughs> fruits of your labor the ongoing fruits of our labor yes <laughs> okay Absolutely. so uh, um obviously when we get into the manual stimulation is that something you just do by yourself or is this something that you and your dominant um share in the experience together uh, both um so when we are apart, that's something that I need to maintain by myself. Um, you know, when I say that it's a quite a large undertaking, I'm um, pumping for 20 minutes four times a day at the moment to sort of maintain supply. Um, and then that is something that we definitely share together, which is uh, quite a nice bonding experience. And the thing that I love about uh, lactation is that you know it can take on any context that you'd like it to so um, it can be framed in an adult nursing situation where things are more of a calm and nurturing uh, vibe I um, I really enjoy the degradation and um, objectification sort of mood that can be created which is quite erotic that can be um, where you know milking becomes part of more of a heavy bondage situation so uh, just like any kink um, you know even even rope it, it's the mood and the intent behind it that can change the context of how you're experiencing that shared experience does that make sense no it it does it yeah. does and do you feel like on a different level because this is something so unique that you share between the two of you that this has brought you to a a deeper level of emotional connectivity uh on, on my part absolutely um it's the definitely the deepest uh act of of service ambition that I have undertaken at this point. Um, it feels very, very primal, the idea of sort of making milk to please my dominant and then the idea of being consumed is, um, again, a psychological thing. I I think I posted on one of your uh, comments that there's this sort of ownership quality to it where it's not unlike wearing a collar, but it's a collar that you can't, you know, take off on a whim. Absolutely. It feels like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, you know, it's it's funny when I posted that discussion um, on social media about the whole lactation fetish, and, and I was really kind of curious to see what the response was. I was quite surprised at the, the amount, the scope that I received not only from you, but from others um, about their experiences being, you know, taking part in this fetish being, I guess the, the proper term. Do you use the term Hugh cow at all? 
Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind the term who cow. I'm fine with that. Um, I think that the origins of who cow was um, probably more the aesthetic as well, where it's come from uh, hentai. And that can be really cute. I'm not at all opposed to the to all of the cow print <laughs> um, aesthetic. Do you want to walk, do you want to walk me through that? So, because I I don't know, you know, I, I've no, I've heard the term over the years, you know, and I I always kind of just associated it with obviously a human cow, so that obviously they're producing milk. But do they take this further in that respect, and are they dressing up as well? So. This might surprise you, but I've actually never watched any. I've never watched hentai. Uh, I'm not. I'm not someone who uh, uses pornography all that often. Okay. And when I do, it's usually a audio um, version of of what floats my boat than visual. But what I do know is that um, part of the reasoning behind a lot of the hukou pornography being out there is animated because it was really difficult for producers of of lactation porn to find lactating women especially if they are mothers who were willing to sort of um you know sexualize themselves in that way and so they had to sort of um you know fill that void uh, with illustrations, and so that's why a lot of what's out there is actually um, cartoons and such. Wow! More so than available uh, humans engaging in 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 these fetishes online. Yeah. And have you kind of found has this become like your own sort of sub community within the BDSM community that you you know there's a group of you submissives that talk or a group of the dominants that go and talk more about this? I wish there were. Um, I know that there's online communities. I don't dip into those very much. Um, I don't know of anyone within my local scene who is lactating, um, you know, as a, as a, within the context of a power exchange dynamic. Right. So they're very welcome to reach out to me because uh, that would be amazing to have someone to bounce, you know, ideas and support off of. But at the moment, no, it's just me and my research and the support of the people around me that keep me motivated. Hmm. What about do like even the social media aspect? Do you spend any time looking at, you know, different websites where people are talking about it so you can at least, you know, find that kind of emotional connection and support with them? Not really. Uh, I feel as though I put um, maybe a little effort into that at the beginning when I was trying to make decisions about what the process would be for me to relactate um, and hearing from people who were doing that uh, when it wasn't, you know, when they weren't pregnant and expecting a baby. Um, and then uh, I guess just nature and my own sort of um, common sense took over and I felt like I had a grasp of what I was doing. Um, it's, it's, it has been interesting in 
little nuances like having to get your dosages correct because you know side effects of medication those sorts of things if I hit a wall there uh, then I might go online and sort of connect and research some more to get myself through that you know mini hurdle um, but on the on the on the main side I don't really I'm a very private person uh, my dominant is also we tend to keep things, you know, quite sacred in our little in our little bubble. So, uh, so how did he feel about you talking about this today? I obviously uh, made sure that I had permission to do so. Um, sure. And you know, I'm just a humble baby BDSMer, so uh, I don't feel like I have expertise to offer on this. Just my own experience. What I had a moment, in fact, where I thought, why, why am I doing this? Why do I think I can do this? And I had a friend who posted um, a comment on your uh, FET saying that they were looking forward to it and that it was actually really going to be really validating for them to hear someone talk about it. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's why, that's why I'm doing this because we need to help each other to take away some of the stigmatization that can happen around kinks that are a little bit more niche, you know, DDLG um, gets it a lot, pet play to some degree, uh, even slavery. Um, I think it's important that we can uh, help each other through that. And there was a common thread actually where some of the people who were coming forward uh, were doing so trepidatiously in that there was some shame attached to their fetishes mm -hmm. and uh, if it can help you know just one person feel a little more uh normal belonging then yeah. that's great mm. well you know it's it's what's so interesting when we first look at the vanilla world that you know sex and it's been always utilitarian in that respect that it's the procreation to continue the line to help us farm the land Eventually, we, we've evolved as human beings to understand that, you know, there's pleasure inside of this. And, mm -hmm. and you know, as thankfully, we've deconstructed the works of, you know, Marquis de Sade and Mesopotamian drawings of mm -hmm. orgies with implements and all of these things. And this wonderful fetish world was born. Mm -hmm. And through all of that, you know, we, we all culminate into a place under this large umbrella of fetishism. And we break our, ourselves down in the smaller sub-communities of, you know, some of us like leather and there's the impactors and you're right, the, the DDLGers and the poly people and so on and so forth. The exhibitionists, although I have different, <laughs> they're greedy to me sometimes. However, <laughs> um, the reality is, is that inside of this community, this large acceptance of community, we still have people that don't understand. There are things that aren't mainstream. There are things that we yeah. each individually enjoy doing. And mm -hmm. we're bringing this forth because we want to not only share our experience, but help the community grow and then potentially involve others in this. And yeah. we get hesitant because then we are worried about that feedback. I yeah. received so much positive commentary on that post and I've, I received a lot of a lot of positive emails and like you said you know 
I'm looking forward to hearing this. I do this kind of privately. Um, it's really important. And thank you. And it was just, I'm doing, I wanted to do this because I really find this fa subject fascinating. I really think that there is that connection, that intimacy on a deeper level. Um, one of the things that I was very curious about, what type of research was one of the first things you started looking at? Uh, the research that I first looked at was the Goldfarb protocols, um, which was just a very, you know, it's just a very medical, technical side of things. I probably didn't, uh, right. I didn't combine the two in terms of, I didn't put much research into the fetish side of lactation um, because I think you can, right. you can read as much as you like about, um, you know, particular play, but it's still going to take on the nuances and the energy and the intent behind whomever's involved in that. So it's never a, a sort of a cookie cutter, learn, apply situation. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Does, does your lactation play, uh, does your lactation play with your dominant have any effect at all with your marriage and your husband? Uh -huh. Is there any crossover? No. So uh, I have a beautiful vanilla marriage. We don't engage in kink together. And he's he's right. very supportive um, of me. And I have, you know, the utmost gratitude for that because it can be a, a confronting thing to bring home on a daily basis to be, you know, connected to my, to my pumps as if, you know, uh, it takes time away from my day. And so I'm very appreciative of him um, being open enough to allow me to do that. Uh, yeah, I would say that everything's working um, quite well in that respect. And I'm very lucky. Did you, and I know this is kind of one of the questions when we were talking before, but at, did you, at any point, once you started getting engaged with this, you know, re-inducing lactation did there was there at any moment you're like no you know what am i doing what kind of you know what might how what if this does end what are the effects going to be on my body i am the kind of girl who uh takes all of the information and doesn't make decisions lightly i'm kind of in, i'm an all-in kind of person in everything that I do across various sort of areas of my life. So for me, um, it comes down to if I've chosen to submit to a dominant and I've chosen to be involved in that dynamic, um, I'm very open to um, doing everything within my capacity to um, add value to their life and I knew that this was going to be something that made them extremely happy and so that's where my motivation came from and it sort of I guess in a way overrides my own um not my not not my needs to a point that I don't have needs but um my dominance needs are more important to me uh when it comes to service right no, that, I mean, and that makes sense. I mean, that's really part, that's, that's encompassing the DS lifestyle on a, mm -hmm. 
on a completely whole different level. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've talked a lot about that when people sometimes enter the lifestyle and they don't realize what kind of commitment is really being asked of you. And that's on all sides. That's not just for a submissive, but for a dominant as well. You know, mm-hmm. both parties have to be fully knowledgeable, be willing to go the distance. And this it's, and something like this, it's again, it's not necessarily for the lighthearted, you know, something I came across that was really quite interesting. And so I was curious now that I've got a chance to ask you and you can't run and hide. Um, <laughs> Part of this, my research has shown on the psychological side, there have been some cases in some of the studies I've read that some women, when their partners help them in um, a fetish capacity to start lactating, um, you know, there is obviously the pregnancy fetish where people like having sex with pregnant women. But if a woman is lactating and they're being intimate, so having sex with their partner, um, or if the you for example are just your dominance says i just feel like nursing the woman has achieved orgasm has anything like that ever happened to you uh i haven't achieved orgasm from nipple stimulation alone but okay um gosh you've put me in a corner here <laughs> I have. That's part of part of understanding the you know, we've got to understand the emotional impacts of some of these things. I do find um so when when I'm with my dominant, um any of that sort of play um feels very erotic to me. However, right. when I would come home um and spend time on my breast pumps alone, felt more of a just a, a, a methodical sort of thing however that has become there's some change there in that I'm noticing that you know your brain sort of creates these neural pathways um between two things and so I can now find myself um unsuitably aroused when I'm pumping um, just for the mere process of pumping. And so there must be a connect that's going on there where it's um it's putting two and two together in my right. in my little brain. Yeah. Well, if not, it's definitely gonna be implanted now and that'll be <laughs> something for you and your partner to explore and definitely in the future. Mm. Um when you as this has gone on, and obviously, you know, you've more acclimated over time, initially in the beginning, as you were still approaching this, I mean, again, as you mentioned, you know, body modification, mm-hmm. what was that kind of emotional impact on you? Um, I, I think that it has had a positive emotional impact. I'm, um, I'm quite enamored by... You know, there's some research behind the hormones involved in bonding, if you're talking about emotional impact. And obviously, um, you know, men and women use different hormones to bond. Women tend to use oxytocin, um, which is achieved, you know, through cuddles and affection, sort of a a non-stress bonding hormone. Um, Men tend to rely on vasopressin, which is actually a stress bonder. And the way that they do so, um, you know, we think back 
in time. If we go all the way back, we're looking at hunter-gatherers, you know, problem-solving together. We are seeing camaraderie, um, you know, experience between soldiers on the battleground. Any kind of shared project, um, which is why, you know, men tend to uh, even open up to other men and be vulnerable, uh, more so if they're tinkering on a car or they're building something together. Um, and so uh, what I found it really difficult, uh, really interesting is that when you go through a difficult but meaningful experience together, um, that can create some vasopressin bonding. And then if you factor in the nursing aspect of an ANR, then you're looking at oxytocin as well. So uh, I think that's going to have just a scientific effect on any two people that go through this journey together. And it could probably be applied to BDSM as a whole, you know, when, when you're looking at um, exploring the project of a rope scene or, or sadomasochism and getting through you know, a pain experience, a stress, a stress response together, and then aftercare. And um, I think that can be potentially why, or one of the reasons why um, dominance and submissives can bond together in quite a deep way um, if they're willing to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> we're still learning over time, especially with neuroscientists, are, are still learning about the different vasopressin and, and oxytocin type of relationship bond um, and, and the variations that go inside of um, between the individual and their partners inside of those sexual differences, mm. um, how it affects their behavior, mm. um, you know, regulation through the different peptides in, in, in their emotional responses to these attachments to their partner for longevity mm. when you i know you had mentioned before for example um i know you have a top who's just involved with you for rope nothing more just the beauty of the rope which mm -hmm. you know um when you're involved in that if at any given moment obviously you start lactating what i mean is there what is his or their response um when that happens, do they do, do they do the typical? Oh, you're bleaking, or is it like an ooh factor? Is it a ug factor? Um, because for people that aren't involved, right? You know, you see that, and we've had that such a stigma of mothers right. in public nursing, and people don't want to see that. Right, we're taught to desexualize <clears throat> nursing for sure. Um, right. I, you know, I won't speak on someone else's um, behalf. Um, to sort of maintain their privacy. But to answer sure. your question, um, I have definitely lactated sort of in breast bondage situations, um, etc. And I do have a rope top who uh, enjoys that. Um, so there's no ick factor there, which is okay. um, wonderful. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's just a question because, oh, you know, there's, there's some of us. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you know, you get involved with people who aren't involved in that. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm in my private life, I'm a sadist. So mm -hmm. it's lactation's not something I really ever came up 
I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of questions to answer later on, but it's never something that's really come up in my dynamic. Relaxation and and sadism uh, can actually go together hand in hand very well. My rope top is a a horrible sadist. (laughs) And um, horrible in a good way. Let's not give sadists a bad name. Horrible in a good way. (laughs) The best kind of horrible. Uh, Absolutely. It has always been sadism that has caused my lactation in that rope room. Interesting. Mm. And is that as a, as a is that becomes, or is that enacted as a result of the sadism? As a result, so not natural. on not on purpose. Um, yeah, it's just um, something that you know your body it's there. So um, depending on the scenario, um, it sometimes that will just happen. Mm-hmm. So. I'm in another corner. <laughs> I see. I see this. I'm sure you're going to have a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of questions to answer later on. Mm. Um, when you, as far as your your dyna, your dynamic with your dominant, that's where this fetish is. Is this the the primary fetish that you and kink that's between the two of you, or is this a subversive one that's kind of on the under layers of everything else you do no i would say that it's um very much at the forefront of what we do alongside um you know just sort of uh service submission um and you know we enjoy our our protocol and sort of um obedience training and um just the the smaller more subtle things of power exchange that tends to take up the majority chunk of our dynamic and what we both enjoy. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Does now does that when you do you want to care to give a little bit more insight? And I did, you know, obviously you've discussed this, so I know you have been People aren't going to, you know, it's going to be hard. So I'm just going to say this straightforward. Some people don't understand. And in some of the dynamics of, of dominant submission that we do ask, you know, a submissive will ask for permission to talk on a subject. So uh, the easiest way to say this is, you know, how much, how much latitude did you get to talk about this? Because that will either lead to my next question or (laughs) lead to me rewording the question. Okay. Uh, I mean, the negotiation was simply, I guess, entrusting me with being able to uh, engage in this podcast and and sure. the knowledge that I would protect, you know, what I thought was, um, you know, Private. something more sacred to us. Sure. So if you no, ask ab- a question. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, you are, you, you can decline and, and that's fine. And, and I'm very respectful of that. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, this is not about. I'm trying to do a gotcha moment because that's not this sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> it's, it just, it's more. It's more of the curiosities. You know, do you get into the nuzzling? Do you, is there the the suckling and the nurturing? Is there, you know, uh, does does it get into the masturbation while you're while nuzzling and suckling or lactating is going on? I mean, I'm really I'm going to push the boundaries of, of you know wanting to know because it's part of the understanding that emotional development that we go through when we're diving deeper into 
something where we're connected with, like you mentioned before, you're talking about a connection with someone on a level of trust mm. that's built on this foundation over time where you're really committing to regardless of what it is, if you're getting heavily into sadomasochism or rope or whatever the case may be, you're really committing to trust and erotic closeness and erotic power exchange with someone. So how, you know, really how far does it go? Um, so I will uh, probably pass on sharing the details, but I will say that um, we definitely combine lactation um, with eroticism and with sex. Okay. Um, and something that it has taught me, uh, which might be a, a more of a diversion from your question now, That's is okay. that, um, you know, someone asked me once if it felt uh, toppy to be a person, um, you know, that's in a nursing position within that dynamic. And uh, sure. my response to that was absolutely not. And something that I have been really curious to learn um, and to have it play out in my own dynamic is that there are no inherently toppy or bottom behaviours. It is definitely the intent, you know, that's that's driving behind it. Uh, I do what I'm asked to do. I am making milk for someone else. Uh, all the better if there's, you know, a hand on my throat while I'm being consumed. It right. um, is the intent behind it. I guess it sort of almost comes back to that, you know, the oral sex debate in, in power exchange or um, other dynamics that are into. There's a debate about oral sex in power exchange? Yeah. I've seen people who are debating, you know, maybe. I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, you, you've got me nervous, so now my sarcasm radar is is not that's, attuned. That's quite okay. No, no, no. Don't be, don't be nervous. I mean, it, because it's fascinating. Because you, you are, you are talking about a world that really does, you know, and it, it encompasses a lot. I, mm. There was a mutual friend of ours who made a wonderful joke about. Um, I'm trying to find it now. The the milky human fidget spinner, right? Yeah. I think yeah, you know who, who made thing. that comment. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it, you know it's it is because there are it, it takes us to a level that's primordial. Mm. Where we're we're raised as children doing this, we, it creates that initial bond, and then over time, as we grow into our adulthood, and we start to find the erotic component to it mm. and we connect to that side you are mm. and when you add in the submissive side you you completely right the aspect then changes because you're ordered to, to begin lactation you're ordered to produce at the behest of somebody else yeah. so that control is still there so Absolutely. it's interesting that somebody thought that there was that that top side because they, they still you know they're they're almost removing that they're removing your position and trying to I know it's just a question, but they're, you know, are you being put in that position? And mm. I don't think that for me, that doesn't, wouldn't cross my mind. I mean, but this is how people find? grow in their understanding of BDSM. Absolutely. Yeah, by asking those Absolutely. questions and engaging in these sort of conversations. And I think, you know, you're, the, the milky fidget spinner 
Um, it touches, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love. Hey, it, I know he's gonna laugh over a <laughs> glass of whiskey. <laughs> it uh, it touches on you know, there's this crossover in lactation where. For me, it, it oozes femininity, you know, like women have sustained men on battlefields throughout history with their breast milk. It's yes. like an elixir of life, which gives it an almost spiritual component. Um, for me, it's a very elevated experience. But then I love to play with the, you know, blur the edges of that. And and then when you're adding power exchange in, um, and that's exactly what you are or what I like to be is sort of, um, you know, a plaything, a toy. I like to um, watch someone's enjoyment of their kink where I'm sort of a, a vessel, in essence, for um, them to um, explore themselves on a, on a deeper level or just on a playful level, depending right. on what is that at the time. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, you, the one thing that you're hinting at here becomes that whole surrogate pleasure reward response and um you know how you that's being received when somebody else is tasting or nursing or whatever the case may be um whether that's whether it's sensual or um or degradation humiliation pain uh any of the things that i do engage in my my biggest you know, my biggest love is that feedback loop of seeing another person's, you know, pupils dilate with um, enjoyment, excitement, arousal. Uh, that is truly where I find uh, my best, my best self is. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're kind of where you thrive at your pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely more about others. Well, you know, it's kinky it people this, tendencies. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and people tend not to, to that's you know, becomes another part of the, the fetish community is when we're talking about objectification and just being used. Yum. Strictly just being used. And and that's another fetish we could I could probably sp- definitely talk with you about <laughs> in the future because that's you know, it's objectification is is something completely different and again that's not for the faint hearted mm. um and it wants so to be done in the right way you know there's there's this yes. polarity that for me it, it, that's not speaking for everyone some people um truly like to feel uncared for i can't connect with that in my own brain the polarity is necessary for me i love to feel mm-hmm. used i love to feel cherished if i had one without right. the other it wouldn't have, you know, the same kind of cocktail. Um, but you put them together, and that's like the sweet spot for me, I suppose. Well, absolutely. You know, you seem to here between the two of you. You seem to found that level of comfort with your with within your dynamic, and where it seems to keep elevating over time, um, to the point where this connection now it's starts to transcend more than just BDSM more than just the dynamic itself. It becomes its own dynamic. If that kind of makes sense. Yes. Because it's the intimacy involved, the cherished moments that are involved. Mm. Uh, I can't do just BDSM. Um, I've never sort of been, uh, 
definitely again not judging people who differ from from my own mental capacity but pick up play was never really for me um the only time I sort of engage in casual play is um with a very very select few people who are um who I share a beautiful friendship with um whether that my uh rope top or a couple of my female friends who enjoy hurting me um there's still that that component of of trust there and so um everything transcends the action for me i could never allow someone to do even some of the more you know the more lighter things like take take to me with a flogger if i had just met them um right that's not where my head exists yeah Um, i mean yeah, you're you're definitely talking about the more intimate side, the the connection where it's it removes you're where you're putting in the effort, you're doing the legwork, and you're starting the the foundation with somebody, not just hey, cool, you're attractive, I'm attractive, we both like this, let's just roll, which tends to happen a lot inside of the community, and why I think some people end up becoming disillusioned with a lot of the acts inside of the BDSM world because they don't take that time to it's fine. I'm not against bottoms at all. You know, there are some people that are like, cool, just tie me up. Let's do our thing. And I'm going to go home. Mm -hmm. I don't want aftercare. Mm -hmm. And those work for certain dynamics. But I also think in the, the fast food mentality that we, in the world that we live in, that sometimes we don't realize like something like this, like lactation, it takes time. It takes a solid partner behind you. It takes your own effort researching the money behind, you know, investing in the proper medications you're yes. going to need, yeah. um, and all of that commitment. You know, th- this has been absolutely illuminating today. I, I really, I hate, I, I hate to stop here. Um, I would in the new year. I think there's more on this subject to kind of, you know, maybe touch base on, maybe bring in the aspect of your objectification play with lactation and maybe how that rolls around. That'll be an interesting conversation you can have with your dominant. Goodness um, gracious. <laughs> well, there's not, you know, quite a few of us I love objectification. I'd, I thought I'd survived a podcast and now, <laughs> now there's the potential of another one coming over the whole oh, well, you, Let you me see well. that over the new year. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I thank you so much, Brooke, for no, today. No, it's It's you. been wonderful. Uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and safe and joyous. And when we enter 2023, you know, let's all be safe and have fun and produce more milk for everybody right (laughs) absolutely thank you so much for having me it was a complete joy well i appreciate it well until next time everybody be safe and stay kinky Mm -hmm.